Okay, so last week we began uh, a discussion about uh, Shabbos candles. So uh, the truth is, it's, you know, I, I thought maybe it would take two weeks to do. Like last week would be like the concept, and then this week would already be the practical application. But I think we're going to need more time. I think we need more time. So, so we'll, tra- we'll have this week sort of a, tra- a transition from the idea to the practical. But we'll, we, have to, we have to go a little bit deeper into the Indian of, of Shabbos candles. The truth is, we could, honestly, you could spend a lot of time with the sugi of, of Shabbos candles because... Shabbos candles is Shabbos. It is Shabbos, so it's really uh, it's 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 uh, it's limitless what you could talk about. So let's begin like this. Let me let me let me first start with uh, somewhat of a random question. It's more of a, a general Shabbos question, and then we'll see it ties into specifically with Shabbos candles. You know, when you uh, walk down the street and you meet uh, someone uh, someone uh, Sfardi comes to you. So what is the Shabbos? You know. Back and forth with Svardim, it's Shabbat Shalom. Right? Ashkenazim, it's what? It's Good Shabbos. So, Hali we have to think about that for a second. What, what is the difference? Are these two different uh, tefillahs? In other words, when, when a Svardi says Shabbat Shalom, they're, they're really davening and, and blessing you that you should have a peaceful Shabbos. When Ashkenazi meets you and they say Good Shabbos, they're blessing you and davening that you should have a Good Shabbos. Is there a difference between the two? And if there is, why? Why do some people pick one and some people pick the other? Like, what exactly, how do we make sense of that? Now, I, we're probably not going to be able to figure out why Svardim in particular say Shabbat Shalom and why Ashkenazim in particular say Good Shabbos, but, but just to understand those two statements of Good Shabbos versus Shabbat Shalom. Okay, that's, we'll put that to the side, position we'll get there. Okay. All right, so last week we began our discussion of Ne'er Shabbos. The Shabbos candles, and basically, just to, to summarize in one sentence, what we, what we established last week was, is that Shabbos candles, the light of the Shabbos candles, that is a physical representation, manifestation of Shabbos itself. It's not the shot that you're lighting candles to honor Shabbos and to make sure that the room is lit so you don't bump into things or whatnot. The candles are a physical manifestation of Shabbos itself. When you sit by the Shabbos candles, when you light the Shabbos candles, you sit by them, you, you, the, the light uh, you know, washes over you, you are literally being washed with the light of Shabbos itself. It is Shabbos. It is Shabbos. So, but we have to, so last week we talked about that, and we have to be mamic more. What, is that, what does that tell us really about Shabbos? So let, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Okay. <clears throat> So it's like this. We know when it comes to the halachas of Shabbos candles, we know when it comes to the, 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 the halachas of Shabbos candles, so we were, I mentioned last week, the Gemara says that Shabbos candles is related to Shalom Bayes. Right? Shalom Bayes. And again, the simple shot, like Rashi says, is that it creates uh, illumination, so you don't bump into things, you're not uh, frustrated by that. It creates a certain harmony and Shalom in the house. But what's interesting is, is that that svara l'chayra, would apply to every particular room in the house that, you're, that you want to, you know, walk in, right? So, therefore, in a certain sense, in halacha also, we, we find this halacha, that part of the concept of Shabbos candles is that if there's a hallway that you're going to walk in over Shabbos, that leave the light on, you know, you should have light throughout the home on Shabbos in areas that you'll walk in in order to enhance Shalom bias. But what's interesting is, is that we do find amongst the Pisces a very strong, specific connection between lighting candles and the place of the meal, the Suda Shabbos. The Suda in particular should be the room where the Iker Shabbos candles are lit. And that's, uh, again, there's complicated halachas regarding this, but that's, that's certainly the meaning, that the candles that you're lighting and you make a brach on, it's going to be in association with the Suda. So, in other words, what we see is a connection 
between between Shalom Bayis, between a husband and wife, Shalom Bayis, the need of peace in a home, and eating, and the Suda Shabbos. And the Suda Shabbos. Now the truth is, this idea of, of the near Shabbos being Shalom Bayis, and also being associated with the Shabbos meal, uh, is something that we talk of find, if we, if we think about it, we do find in many places an association between Shalom Bayis, between creating a, a warm relationship, specifically between men and women, and, uh, and eating. So, for example, chasen uh, akali, you get married, right? So, what's the halacha? So, for seven days, shavuot right? Sudas, a suda. We keep, have many meals, meal after meal after meal, to sort of bring out the simcha of chasen akali. Whenever you have shalom bayis, shalom bayis is always associated with suda. The flip side is also true. When we want to keep people away from each other to make sure that they don't marry, and there is no shalom bayis, so we have, we make them not eat together. We know the halacha of bishul akam. And, uh, you know, Pasakim and so on. Chazal prohibited eating, uh, eating meals and so on with Goyim under certain conditions. Mishumchitan, because we're afraid of intermarriage. We're afraid of getting too, uh, too chummy with, uh, with a Goyim. And, and that might lead to too much Shalom Bayis. So Shalom Bayis is always associated with the Suda. So you have to figure that out. Why is that? What exactly is that Indian? And why particularly with Shabbos candles we find that such a strong association that the Shabbos candles is because of Shalom Bayis and in particular by a Suda. It's interesting, by the way, just again, in the beginning what I'm going to do is just throw a lot of ideas, you know what I mean? And then we'll, we'll tie it together very soon. But it's interesting is that of all the things that we do on Shabbos, we do a lot of stuff. Again, candle lighting and Kiddush and Hamaitzi and Davening. There's a lot of stuff we do on Shabbos. But there's one, the only thing that really is, is for Shalom Bayis and really brings out a sense of Shalom Bayis between Zachar and Akeva is really Shabbos candles because... Uh, I mentioned this last week, again, we're, we'll get into the details, Bez Hashem, and, and maybe next week, that Shabbos candles is something that both the man and woman should be involved in. The wife, the wife lights the candles, but the man should be the one to set up the candles, and when he comes home by Kiddush, he looks at the candles. So they're both involved in, in, in Shabbos candles, not so when it comes to Kiddush. Kiddush is primarily the guy, and Hamaitzi, and so on. I mean, he shares the wine with everyone else, everyone's being yaitzah with him, but in terms of the procedure of Kiddush, it's just, the per, it's just the man doing it. But Shabbos candles is both. It itself is in a Shalom Bayis. So again, that's the question. What exactly is this Shalom Bayis that the candles are embodying and, cap, and, and sort of encapsulating? And why is it so closely connected with this Uda? Okay. Yeah, that's also brought down. I mean, nowadays it's less negea because the candles that we use are, you know, pretty, uh, pretty good. But yeah, there's such a, an old minute. But the idea is, but it's just off could be the husband. Or this is an Indian of, of the man being involved in the process. We'll, we'll talk about that. There's a very important inyanam with that. Okay, so let's put that, let's put Nair Shabbos to the side for a second. Let me mention you a Gemara and Baba Initially, it might not seem have, have any shaykhs, but uh, bear with me. The Gemara says like this, Rabbi said the name of Rabbi Yechanan, The Gemara says that when Mashiach comes, there's going to be a big suda that the Rabbanish is going to throw for all the tzaddikim, and it's going to be with the meat, with the flesh of the liyasim. Liyasim, this huge giant fish that we know from the time that we're little kids, whatever that means. You know, and uh, the suda of the liyasin, the basar of the liyasin. That's what it says in the Gemara. Va'amar Rabba, Amar Rabbi Yechanan, Rabba also said the name of Rabbi Yechanan, Asar HaKadosh Baruch Hu la'asis sukkah l'tzadikim mi'ayrei That in the suda, so the flesh of the liyasin, again, we'll speak what this means, the flesh of the liyasin will be consumed by the tzadikim, by the meal, and the skin of the liyasin will be used to make a sukkah, 
to make a, a sukkah for the tzaddikim. And the remaining skin that after making little sukkahs for the tzaddikim, the remaining skin of Lyasin will be will be spread over the walls of Yushalayim. And the light coming off of the skin of Lyasin on the walls of Yushalayim will shine from one end of the universe to the other. Sigmar says, Shinamar the Pasik says, that the nations will follow your light. And this is referring to the light of the, of the Lyosan that's draped over the walls of Yushalayim. Okay? In other words, again, without, we don't know what this means yet, but what we do see right away that this Suda, this Simcha, that's going to be Lyosan love with the coming of Mashiach, there's two parts to the Simcha. There's eating, there's a Suda that's involved, eating the meat of the Lyosan, and there's something visual, there's a light that, we're, that the Tzaddikim will experience, the light coming off of the skin, the walls of Yushalayim. From one end of the universe to the other. And in fact, the Zara Kaddish tells us that the mystery of this meal is similar to what it says in Pasuk, that they saw God, talking about Harsinai, they saw God and they ate and they drank. So this is a meal that brings together seeing something, a light and a meal. Now that sounds like Shabbos candles, right? With the Suda, as I just said. The Shabbos candles, there's a light that we're experiencing with the Shabbos candles in association with the meal. This is similar to what's going to be with Mashiach coming, the Suda of Eliasin, which is eating, and a light that's glowing from one end of the universe to the other, illuminating the meal that we'll have with the Suda of Eliasin. Now, this parallel, this connection between the meal of Eliasin and the light of the skin of Eliasin, right? Relating to Shabbos candles and the Suda we have basking in the glow of the Shabbos candles, this is clear from a medrash. Let me explain. The medrash says the following thing. Yalkut Shemayni, Omar Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hashem Yisbaruch says, Im shemartem shel Shabbos, if you keep the mitzvah of candles on Shabbos, animar lechem shel you will experience the light of Yerushalayim. What is the light of Yerushalayim? Says the Medrash, Hashem continues, You're no longer going to need the light of the sun by this, the light of Yerushalayim. You're going to bask in the light that's coming from my honor, says Hashem. And this light that you're going to experience, this light of Yerushalayim, the nations of the world will follow that light. And the, and the Medrash quotes the same Pasuk that the Gemara did regarding the, the skin of the That the nations will follow your light. In other words, says the, the Medrash is referring to this light that's coming from the skin of Lyosin over the walls of Yishalayim from one end of the universe to the other. The Chol Kachlama, and says the Medrash, and what, what will you have to be Zaycha to such a light that, that Suda of the Lyosin being illuminated by the skin of Lyosin? And the merit of the light of the candles that you light on Shabbos. Okay, so again, just puzzle pieces being put together over here. You have, the, you have Shabbos candles which illuminate your Shabbos meal, somehow being related to the meal of the Lyosan being illuminated by the skin of Lyosan. That light, that light is coming, that skin of Lyosan, which gives off this light, is draped over the walls of Yushalayim. Interestingly enough, we know the Gemara says that the wife is the one that lights the Shabbos candles, and Chazal say the wife is the home. The wife is the home. The walls of Yerushalayim, making Yerushalayim not just a city, but into a home. That's where the light comes from, the walls of Yerushalayim. This is what we find. Now let's, one, one last clue, one last nugget of information, and then we'll begin to explain. 
The Vilna Gaon, I mentioned this uh, recently, the Vilna Gaon writes the following thing with the Vilna Gaon and um, wrote a, a commentary to one of the sections of the Zara Kaddish, Safritz And the Gaon says the following thing, what is this light of the Vlyasan? Right? And again, it's the light of Vlyasan and it's the light of Shabbos candles. That's what it is. Because of our mitzvah of lighting Shabbos candles, we'll merit that light. It's the same thing. What is this light? Again, the, Zara, the Gemara describes it as a light that's coming from one end of the universe to the other. Says the guy in, that reminds us of a, of, of a very old light. Says the, the Gemara says, the Chazal say Rashi brings it down in Chumash, that when Hashem Yisbarach created the world, the first day he created light. What was that light? It wasn't the sun or the moon. It was an Or Hagan, it's a hidden light. It was a light that Adam was able to use to see from one end of the universe to the other. That Or Haganas, said the, says the guy in, in, in Safar Ditzneya, the Indian of the Luliyasan, that light that comes off of the skin of the Luliyasan, which is also a light, the light of Shabbos candles. Who are Harishan? That is the first light. Shabbai are the Mistakal that a person was able to see from one end of the universe to the other. Okay. So, yeah. Maybe. We'll find out. I don't know. That's Hashem. That's Hashem. Probably. It uh, probably means one of the same. Okay, so let's, let's begin to unravel this. Okay, so now we have a few, uh, a few nakudas over here, a few, a few parallels. Again, you have Shabbos candles equals the light of the Uviyasan draped over the walls of Yerushalayim equals the hidden light of creation from the first day. Okay, so let's, let's begin to, uh, to explain this. What, is, what exactly does this all mean? All right, so what, what, was, what was that light of creation? And by the way, just going back to what we spoke about last week, this is Shabbos. Remember, Shabbos candles is not something that you do on Shabbos. Shabbos candles is Shabbos, which means that if we want to now define what Shabbos is, what is Shabbos? Seventh day of the week that we do stuff, we don't do stuff, no, no, no. Shabbos is the light of creation. Shabbos is this light that you see from one end of the universe to the other. That's what Shabbos is. So when you light Shabbos candles, the candles of Shabbos, this is a physical manifestation of Shabbos itself. And what is Shabbos? Shabbos is that original light. A light that we had originally by the first day of creation. A light that Chazal say that Adam was able to experience on the first Shabbos. A light that was, that's hidden since then and will be fully revealed with the meal of the Luliyosin from the skin of the Luliyosin draped over the walls of Yishlam, that is Shabbos itself. Okay, so, 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 so what is Shabbos? What, what is this light? Okay, so Chazal say an amazing thing about that first light. Chazal say that in that first light, it's hard to fathom such a thing, but Chazal say that that first light was unique in that everything that would ever be created, everything that would ever exist, was contained in that first light. That light was not just a light to illuminate a room and then you see what's already in the room. That light was something different. When that light, when it says in Chazal that you saw from that light from one end of the universe to the other, the deeper meaning of that is that not that it was, it was so bright you could see through walls. It means that that was a light. That light of creation meant the root of all things. That all things that would ever be, all experiences that would ever be, was contained in that seed, that ultimate root, that ultimate origin point. That light of creation was the origin point of all things. The origin point of all things. 
And so the light of creation means that everything that, you, that a person ever experiences, that light means where it's all coming from. It's the origin point. It's the shayrish hanelam, the hidden root of where all things come from. That's what, that light, that's what a person experiences with that light. It's interesting. I'll, I'll give you an example. The Ariya Kaddish said, and by the way, whenever I do this, of like throwing all the different maramakamists out there, it means that there's an idea that I have a hard time conveying, and I'm just trying to throw enough, uh, you know, enough applications to that somehow the idea will get across. In one of the one of the zmiras of the Arizal, the Arizal wrote zmiras for each meal of Shabbos. So one of the zmiras, I think it's a Friday night. The the, the one of the, one of the lines are asade bedroima minarta destima. Says that the Arizal said that I will arrange my menorah, my Shabbos candles, in the south of my room. And by the Mukabon, there's such a thing that the Shabbos candle should be in the south of the room. Okay, why? Because that's where the menorah was in the Beis Amigdash, in the south. In other words, what Yisrael is saying is that, again, another little, little nakuda is that this light of Shabbos, this light of creation, the light of the Yasan, all that stuff, is, is also, was also the light that was coming from the menorah in the Beis Amigdash. Now here's what's interesting. There's a Ravid in Meseches Tamid. It's interesting. The Ravid in Meseches Tamid says that we know that the, the, the menorah of the Beis Hamikdash, Chazal tell us it was a testimony that the divine presence resides amongst Klal Yisrael. Right? The near Maravi, one of the candles always was lit. It was a miracle. Testimony that Hashem Yisbarach resides within the Jewish people. The Ravid says like this. What exactly, where was this, where was this uh, magical candle? What was, what was fueling it? What was keeping it going? What was the origin of that, of that miracle? Says the Ravid. <clears throat> so he says like this. Medea, Medea, this candle of the menorah let the world know that the divine presence is what is with the Jewish people. And where is the divine presence really found? In the Kodesh HaKadshim, the Holy of Holies. And the reason why the menorah was the vessel in which, in which a miracle took place to reveal to the world that Klai Yisrael is special, we have the Rabbani Shloylam, is because the menorah was the closest vessel to the Kodesh HaKadshim. And so says the Ravid, the light of the menorah was really coming from where? From the Kodesh HaKadshim. What was in the Kodesh HaKadshim? The Kodesh HaKadshim, the, the center point of the Kodesh HaKadshim was what? The Evan HaShesiyah, the foundation rock. What's the Evan HaShesiyah? Chazal say that was a rock. That everything that would be in creation, that was the origin point of creation. Just like that original light it contained everything that would ever be in its origin point, that Evan HaShesiyah is the same thing. It's the, it's the first point in planet Earth that from there everything else comes from. That's where the light of the Benur, that's where the light of Shabbos comes from. The light of Shabbos is this idea of what? Of being able to experience, to be able to, to experience life in a way where, it's, where everything you experience is connected to its ultimate root, to where it comes from. Yeah, it's, it's Evan HaShesiyah, that's, that's what it is, that's what it is, the origin point, it's the origin point. Now... <laughs> Let's be mamic more. Let's be mamic more. Yeah. Yeah. That would be uh, that would get us to uh, what shmaynars over there means and choshech. It would be too. It's a good question. As Hashem, well, we could get to it at some point, but right now it would be too complicated. That's that's why he are. So let let let, let me. Let me try to explain a little bit more what this, what this is like. So this is all the idea. Okay, so what is this, what is this, what is this like? So it's like this. What would it be like, what would it feel like if a person was able to... Here, let me, let me explain like this. 
The human being is naturally a curious creature. Right? The person wants to, a person naturally gets bored quickly. Right? We get bored. You sit in one place, you're in quarantine, you get bored very, very quickly. Right? You, you, get, you eat a certain type of food, it's the same food every day, you get bored of it. Same experience, the same place, the same people, you get bored. So a person is naturally curious and you want to go to see new things. So I'm, I've been in New York my whole life. I'm sick of New York. I want to go somewhere else. Let me go to Connecticut. I was in Connecticut my whole life. I'm sick of it. Let me go to, you know, uh, Texas. People, people just want the experience. Is Texas better than New York? Is Connecticut better than Texas? No, but it's different. People want to experience new things. What would it be like? Let's imagine for ourselves. What would it be like to be able to experience one thing but in that one thing that we experience, which is so familiar and so everyday, but to see in that one thing, everything that would ever be. You know what it was like to have that, that original light? That original light meant that I have everything I could possibly ever need right in front of me. That's what it means. What's the evidence just here? You're standing in the Kaddish HaKadosh, I mean, you're standing in front of that rock, so to speak, right? It means that I'm looking at a rock right now that has everything. I want Texas, it's here. I want Connecticut, it's here. New York, you name it, it's right here. Because everything that would ever be is contained in this point. That's unbelievable. Because the problem is we get bored of Texas, or you get bored of uh, Minnesota, you get bored of New York, you get bored of bread, whatever it is you get bored of, you get bored of your own couch or your own mansion, you get bored of it. Why? Because my mansion is not that mansion. And my car is not that car. And Connecticut is not Texas. And so if I'm here, it means I'm not there. And if I'm there, I'm not here. And there's a part of me that wants to be everywhere. And there's a part of me that's curious and wants to experience everything. Well, how do I experience everything? Well, I have no choice but to be a nomad and to travel around and to be dissatisfied with every experience in life because there's always going to be a better, or different, newer experience around the corner. And so as I'm experiencing one thing, it means part of my brain is already wondering, what's going to be the next day? I'm eating one meal and I'm thinking to myself, what's going to be the next, what, what's going to be tomorrow's meal? Because this is already, I, 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 need, to, I need to experience all things. Now that, that, let's understand, that desire of the human being, the curiosity of the human being to want to experience all things is coming from an exceedingly deep and holy place. It's coming from what? It's coming that, the, that, the, that, that there's a part of the neshama that's Shabbosdik. There's a part of the neshama that's connected to that origin point of all things. The Rabbanish, what? That ain't Saif. The Rabbanish Shlom is the source of all things, right? The Rabbanish Shlom is infinite. Infinite. What does infinite mean? It means that everything that, would ever, that could possibly ever be is within God himself. And the neshama comes from such a place. This is the great dynamic, the great mystery of the Jewish neshama, which is that the origin of where we really come from is from a place that has everything in, in its divine origin. But then what happens? You have a neshama that experiences all things, and then you throw it into Texas. And now, of course, the, of course the person's not happy. Why would he be happy? Because where he comes from is much bigger than just Texas. Where he comes from is the entire universe in, in, in its root. Like Chazal say, Chazal say that the neshama, it's a famous Chazal, right? Chazal say that the, that the neshama of a yid is compared to a princess who marries a, a villager. And anything the villager offers to her is never going to satisfy her because she always had better than that in the palace. And so there's this ongoing, you know, frustration that the kala, that the princess has, because everything that's being offered to her, it, 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 you know, there's something in the back of her memory that's just, that's just being triggered, like, this is not it. So 
so it's an amazing thing. The Chazal are comparing the, the, all of this world to that pauper, to that villager. That's, this world could offer a lot of things. But the problem is everything this world offers is pieces. You understand? It's, all it is is this. But it can, there's nothing in this universe that could offer the neshama everything at once. It's not possible. The only thing that's everything at once is God himself. So life itself is the itzava. Life itself is sad. Life itself is miserable, right? Because life means that there's always going to be this dissatisfaction. This curiosity is going to make me crazy. It's never going to allow me to be happy. It's never going to give me shalom. It's never going to give me peace. But then the Rabbanu Shalom gives us a matana, mamish, a gift from heaven called Shabbos. Shabbos shalom. Shabbos is peace. What is the peace of Shabbos? What is the peacefulness of Shabbos? You know what Shabbos, the word sholem means peace. It also means sholem, to be complete, to be whole. Texas is not whole. Why? Because Texas is not Florida. And Minneapolis is not whole because Minneapolis is not New Mexico. There's only one thing that's sholem. The only one thing that's sholem is Yerushalayim that has within it the Evan Hashaziah, the Kodesh HaKachim. That's the only thing that's complete. The only thing that's complete is God himself. The Melech Shal Sholem Shalai Chazal. One of the names of Hashem is Sholem. Shalom. Why? Because Hashem has everything. Everything that would ever be is within God. And if a, the only way for a person to truly be happy and content and peaceful within themselves is to find that part of them that has, that's connected to that everything. This is the soyed, this is the mystery of Shalom Bayes. See, what's the difference between a male and a female? A lot of differences. But in, the, in this context, in this context it's the following. Zohar Zachar conceptually, the concept of Zachar, not a, human beings are, are mixed up. There's masculine and feminine qualities in every single person. Obviously, men are more dominant masculine and women more dominant feminine, but everyone shares a little bit of both. That's how you can have a relationship. But the concept of masculine versus the concept of feminine. Mas- the concept of masculine is potential, endless, infinite. Infinite. It could be anything. Right? Classic, the, 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 the husband is the one that works, brings home the paycheck, right? What is the paycheck? Anything you want it to be. It can, it can be anything. But because it's still in that state of anything, it's nothing. The, what, the feminine, what's feminine? Feminine is, it's this. And once it's this, it means it's something, but it's not anything else. Shol, you know, let, let me give you an example. If I were to say to you... Um, Pick a number, just pick any number you could go as high as you possibly can, and that's the number of, of, of dollars I'll give you right now. Okay, so fine. So now you're thinking, and you're trying, you know, the highest number you can think of, then you're going high, you keep on going higher. While you're climbing that ladder of, uh, of numbers in your mind, you have nothing. <laughs> you have nothing. It's all potential. So, but once you pick a number, then you have something, but that's all you have. Not anymore. What does it mean? So masculine and feminine are very different. Masculine means infinite potential, but nothing tangible. Feminine means something, but very limited. What does it mean, shalom bias? What does it mean when masculine and feminine come together? It means something specific, but in that something is everything. That's what shalom bias means. What is he, when, when Azach and Akeva come together, Bez Hashem, it creates another human being. It's it's something that has everything. A human being is an oil cut, and a human being is a microcosm of the entire universe. It's something. It's finite. It's seven pounds, six ounces, whatever it is, right? But it has everything. It has everything. The sight of Zohar Nekeva, the sight of Shalom Bayis is to be able to experience ha- true happiness and true peace in the, in the things that you already have in life. 
I mentioned that light of creation that you saw from one end of the universe to the other, which means that everything that would ever be was contained in that light. That light, when Mashiach comes, is draped over the walls of Yerushalayim. See, it's funny. The walls of Yerushalayim mean, thus is thus. It means it's right here. That's it. You would think, well, you would think Yerushalayim should be open, right? Limitless. But it's not like that. Yerushalayim is walled. Walls means this is exactly what it is. Nothing more, nothing less. And in those, from those walls themselves, that's the light that comes from one end of the universe to the other. You understand? The sight of Mashiach is that Mashiach doesn't mean that you'll be given everything. That, that's, that's, that's endless and it's not satisfying. Mashiach doesn't mean that like, it'll be, life will be perfect. What, what's going to be the, the shalom? What's going to be the peace on earth that we're going to experience with Mashiach? That everyone's going to have every single type of car. Everyone's going to have every single type of experience. We're constantly going to be on vacation from traveling from one place to the other, that's also, that's also, that's also, that's miserable. That's not gula. What's gula? Mashiach is that you're going to have exactly what you have. But in what you have already, you will experience shleimus. You will experience everything because you'll experience God himself. When you have God himself, then even what you have, it, it, it could be the same piece of bread that you had yesterday. But the piece of bread that you have, even though, even though it's limited and it's mugbal, it's walled in, it's feminine. It is what it is but it's infinite at the same time. It's shalom bias. This is why the light of the menorah, which is the light of creation, the light of Shabbos, the light of Shabbos candles and so on, comes from the Holy of Holies, right? Which is what, which is what as I said, the Evan HaShasiya, the, the foundation rock, where everything comes from, and everything that, that is, is rooted in that simple place. It's also what sits on top of the Evan HaShasiya. Sits on top is the Oren, right? Housing the Luchas, which contains, but on the Oren is the Kruven, right? The two uh, angelic things, Embracing each other. That's what it is. So in that place of everything in a specific spot, of being able to have what in front, what's in front of you, but to actually be happy with it. Because what's in front of you, to, to, that, you could, that you have the ability to sense godliness in what's in front of you, thus giving you that satisfaction of having everything while you only have this, that's exactly what chasen kal is. That's shalom bayis. That is the definition of shalom bayis. What shalom? Shalom bayis is... I mean, yeah, that, that I'm not thinking about other people, that I'm not... The Shalom Bayis is that the person in front of me is everything that's... It, everything that could be in the universe is the person in front of me. That's what Shalom Bayis is. The Shalom Bayis is I, I'm not yelling and screaming at the person right now. We're not fighting. No, Shalom Bayis is that Shlemus, it's Shalom. This is going back, I asked the question, Shabbat, Shabbat Shalom or Good Shabbos, which one, right? They're both the same. Chazal say, the Pasuk says about that light of creation, Vayar Lakim is Ha'ar, that Hashem said light that it was good. Every time you see the word taiv, good, it always means the light of creation. Good Shabbos is Shabbos Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, that Shabbos is peace, is Shlemus, is everything. That everything is what you have. What you have already has everything in it because, because God is, is, is saturated in everything. And during the six days of the week, we don't see the God in everything. All we see is the piece of bread. But come Shabbos, you could find the Rabbanu Shalom in that piece of bread, and then it's more than just a piece of bread. Shabbat Shalom is Mitzis, and, you're, and you're, you're blessing the person that you greet, that person, you know, when you, when you say Shabbat Shalom to a person, you're, you're davening and you're, and you're blessing the person that he should experience a peaceful Shabbos. He should talk experience that. And the same thing when you say good Shabbos, that's also what you're saying. It's the same thing. Okay, why, why does Svarim say Shabbat Shalom and Ashkenazim say good Shabbos? Okay. The nature of Svardim versus Ashkenazim is that Svardim are more direct to the point. It's Chachma. It, it does is does. And Ashkenazim, Bina, Maven, Dover, beating around the bush. 
Shalom is exactly the Metziah's. Gut is a translation from the word Taiv, which according to Chazal is associated with the light. It's much more Bina. It's also Gut, by the way. It's also Gut Shalom, which is the same. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's why Svarad and Ashkenaz, they come together, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. But Shabbat Shalom and Gut Shabbos is the same side. It's the same, it's the same side. This is, by the way, this is, by the way, let's go back to the beginning. We, we, we mentioned this, there's the connection between the light of Shabbos, the light, and the Suda, the meal. It's fascinating. The Gemara says, <clears throat> we know that the man, the man was, was given to the Jewish people. The man was given to the Jewish people. What was amazing about the man, Chazal said, we all know this, right? That anything you wanted the man to taste like. So what was in front of you was a piece of man. But it was anything. It was everything. What was in front of you was everything. And it's amazing. So the, the man itself, therefore the Rabbeinu B'chaya writes this, Taka, Rabbeinu B'chaya writes in Parshas B'Shalach, that the man was saturated with the hidden light of creation. The Arhagon, is that light from one end of the universe to the other. That was, the physical embodiment of that was the man. So the first, huh? There's no psoilus, right? It was the site of Shabbos. That's what the man is, the site of Shabbos. In whose merit were we given the man? Maishu Rabbeinu, right? Maishu Rabbeinu, in his merit we got the man. Maishu Rabbeinu, what was his original name? Tovia, right? When he was born, his, the house full of, became full of light. For Tamar Eretz the whole house became full of light. His name was Toiv, his name was Tovia. Maish Rabbeinu is the embodiment of what? Of the light of creation, from one end of the universe to the other. Every, everything in Torah has to be hinted in Maish Rabbeinu's Chumash, yeah? There's no such thing as having a Vart on a Gemara or anything. If it's Torah, it has to find its way back to Chumash. When you hold on to Chumash, which is very specific and set, you cannot add more Psukim to that. But what? But everything is in there. Everything that would ever be in Yiddishkeit is contained in Taras Maisha. Maisha is the embodiment of this side, of this mystery of what? Of Zarchan Akev, of Shalom Bayes, of having something specific in front of you that has everything in it. Therefore, the food that is given, the Suda that we have in Maisha Rabbeinu, basking in the light of Maisha Rabbeinu, is a Suda of Man, which is something that has everything. <clears throat> this is also why Maisha Rabbeinu, it's an amazing thing, Maisha Rabbeinu says in Pasuk regarding the birth of Maisha, it's the next week's parsha. V'ikach ish mi beis Levi, v'ikach is bas Levi. That a man from the house of Levi came and married a woman from the house of Levi, and they had a son, Moshe Rabbeinu. Who were these people from Levi? So it was Amram and Yechavah, right? The parents of Moshe Rabbeinu. So why not just say Amram and Yechavah? No, a man from Levi took a woman from Levi. The guy says the word Levi is Lashen Leviasim. So it's hinting to you what is, who is Moshe? Who is this Moshe? Moshe Rabbeinu is the side. Moshe Rabbeinu is a mystery of a, the person that began something that would eventually lead into the meal of the Levi that's Moshe. Moshe is drawn from the water. Moshe is associated with water. The is in the water. Water, uh, a, the a fish is something amazing. Fish always have their eyes open. Fish, fish are created from the Yisait HaMayim, from the element of water. And it's interesting, in Halacha, in Halacha, not only are they created from water, they are completely identified with their root in water. I'll give you an example. This is gross, but the halacha is if you go to a mikveh and the mikveh is full of fish, right, and you're tiveling in such a mikveh, the, the fish aren't a chatzitza between you and the water. Because the fish are considered water, they come from water. So it's an amazing thing. Uh, uh, birds uh, come from the chazal, uh, the, the positive. Human beings created from dirt. So we are dirt. No, but there's something about fish. The fish, where they come from, they are where they come from. They're not disassociated from where they come from. The side of the Yasin is that as far out as you go from that center point, from that original light, from that Evan and Shasiyah, 
it's, you're still connected to that original point. It's the site of man. As far as you go, it's still right in front of you. That's Rashi. Kimin amai mishisu. Right, exactly. That's the, that's my Sharbeno. He's drawn from the water. He brings us that that point. This, so, so let's understand. So th- this is the Avayid of Shabbos. The Avayid of Shabbos is to be able to find the Rabbani Shalom. It's, it's not just finding Ruchni's and enjoying. It's finding deep, meaningful satisfaction in what's in front of you, not to need anything more, because what you have is exactly everything. Let me, let me share with you a few lines from uh, one of the stories from Rabbi Nachman, the sophisticate and the simpleton. It's a whole, it's a whole Maisa, but just, but just this Nakuda, this Nakuda. It's talking about a whole story between two people, that they grew up together, but they have very different personalities and different perspectives. One person is very sophisticated and very curious. You know, he, has, he gets a degree, it's just a whole, a whole mindset, that he becomes uh, an expert uh, diamond, uh, uh, you know, uh, to, to cut diamonds and so on, a jeweler in diamonds, because he thinks like it might be a good idea. But then after he gets that degree, he says to himself, well, maybe... But maybe life will take me in a different route, and now I have to, and I should uh, have a, a degree in something else. So he's constantly just accumulating degrees. He doesn't have a job. Like he he doesn't he's not doing anything because he's con- Whereas the simpleton says to himself, "I need to make a pranasa." He walks down the street. He sees a sore a, a, a shoe a shoe repair shop that says, "You know, uh, help wanted." Okay, fine. And he actually has a job. With other guys, just you know, accumulating degrees, he doesn't have anything. So it says like this. Throughout this, throughout the entire life of the simpleton, just a few sentences, he was always very happy. He was very happy. He was filled with joy at all times. He had every type of food, drink, and clothing. It's pretty amazing. For a guy that was just a shoe cobbler, how does he have all the food, drink, and clothing he could ever possibly have? So Rav Nachman said like this. He would say to his wife, this is what would happen, he would come home from work, he would say to his wife, my wife, give me something to eat. And she would give him a piece of bread and he would eat it. Then he would say, give me some soup and kasha. That's what he would say for the next course. And she, would cut another, uh, and she would cut him another slice of bread. He would eat it and speak highly of it, saying, how nice and delicious was that soup. Unbelievable. He would then ask her for some meat, another good food. And each time he asked, she would give him a piece of bread. He would enjoy it very much and praise the food very highly, saying how well prepared and delicious it was. It was as if he was actually eating the food he asked for. Actually, when he ate the bread, he would taste in it any kind of food he wanted. This was because of his simplicity and great happiness. He would also ask his wife, my wife, bring me a drink of beer. She would bring him some water, but he would praise it and say how delicious this beer is. Give me some honey wine. She would give him water, and he would, give, he would speak highly of it. Give me some wine or other beverages. Each time she would give him water, but he would enjoy it and praise the beverage as if he were actually drinking it. This was the same as clothing. Between them, the only outer garment he and his wife had was a sheepskin coat. That's all they had was one coat. Whenever he wanted to go to the market, he would say to his wife, give me the sheepskin, and she would give it to him. When he wanted to wear a fur coat to visit people, he would say, my wife, give me my fur coat, and she would give him the sheepskin. And he would enjoy it in praise and say, wow, what a nice coat this is. Kehenu, kehenu. It's the sight of the man. That's Shalom Bayes. That's Shalom Bayes. This is a story about Shalom Bayes. It's about a Yid that all he had was in front of him, a piece of bread. That's all she was able to give him is a piece of bread. But in that piece of bread, because it was saturated with devotion and love and simplicity and pashtas and with a sense of where it all comes from, in that piece of bread, he had everything he needed. This is the sight of why Chazal say, a shari isha, a person, a man that has, does not have a wife, is shari chayma, does not have a wall. Does not have a wall. Because what does that mean? It means a male without a female is just degrees upon degrees upon degrees. Everything but nothing. A chayma means, oh, das is das. But in that wall, now is everything. That's the sight of Shabbos. 
So avoid us again. Next week, I hope. Next week we'll get to practical how to light Shabbos candles and what to think and so on. But this, but just to understand what Shabbos is. This is this is a gilui on what Shabbos is. Shabbos is a day of not of nothing new. That's the point. Shabbos is nothing new. Misha Shabbos is Yechel Shabbos. We don't eat new food on Shabbos. Everything you're eating on Shabbos was prepared yesterday, right? Erev Shabbos. You know, it's not new. It's not new. But yet it's something different. It's something different. The sight of Shabbos is that what you have in front of you, you have everything. It satisfies that deep need of curiosity. Instead of, instead of looking for everything outside, you look at everything that you have inside and you find it already. That's the sight of Shalom Bayes. And the more a person is makasha themselves to that part of themselves, which the more the person is makasha themselves to the Rabbani Shalom in a real way, to serve the Rabbani Shalom and to and to, and to enjoy his presence in a real way, then the more person will find all the delicious foods in that piece of bread and all the beautiful clothing in that skin coat. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's the sight of Shabbos. That's the sight of Shabbos. That's my Shabbenu. That's the man. That's the meal of Shabbos. No, so we should be zaycha. As we get closer and closer, we should be zaycha to, to have that Sudas Leviyasen. The word Leviyasen comes to the word Levi, which means Levoy, which means connection. It means Chatzin That's what it means. No, we should be zaycha to be happy, to be satisfied, to be curious, but to find all the things that we're curious about with what's already in front of us. Okay.